We can rest in the Lord because he is sovereign over the world in which we live. We can rejoice in him. And as we think about the day it is, I want to reflect some on mothers this morning. And as we do, some of you guys may say, your younger people may say, why should I listen? No, it don't necessarily apply directly to me. I have found in the experience of observing my mother, relating to my mother, and responding to my wife, that I hear quite often from both of them, am I, they don't word it this way maybe, but the bottom line is, am, am I anywhere what I should be as a mother? And I've had to encourage my mother time and time again, and at her age, 91 now, she still will say, I've been a poor mother. And I have to say, Mom, and go from there. And Ruth Ann will ask me sometimes, you know, what kind of mother am I? So it does as good as whether mothers or younger people or husbands or guys to reflect on what God says about mothers. A couple of thought questions, not looking for a response. When is a mother free? When is a mother a mother. You said it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, just hold back on that one. When is a mother successful? Now, as we think about this, I need a volunteer. I have four eggs here. They're not hard-boiled eggs. But I need a volunteer to uh, come and do something. Abby. <clears throat> the first part won't be too hard. Later in the sermon, it'll be a little harder. I would like you to take those four eggs and put them in the egg carton. <clears throat> okay, you may sit down. I'll ask you to do something later. So those eggs are relatively safe. You go to the store, you pick up a carton of eggs, you take them home. Now, if you went to the store and picked up some eggs and just placed them in the cart, not in a carton, you would have some problems. Eggs? are free when they're in a carton. No, something designed for them. And as we think about mothers, we won't turn to Genesis 1, but in Genesis 1 it talks about the fact that God said, let us make man in our image. Male and female, they were created. And then if you turn to Genesis 2, you will find in Genesis 2 that... He talks about the role of man. He talks about the role of the wife. Adam was created, and he was created from Adam's rib, and she was to complement, complete man. And in that context, as we think about mothers, please understand that father and mother are to complement each other in training and instructing their children. They are not to compete. They are uniquely different by the Lord's design. Mothers are mothers till they leave this earth. You have a hand and you have a glove. 
They both have their purpose, but they work together. You have a blood and you have a heart. They work together, but they're different. You have an engine and you have a transmission. They work together, but yet they're different. So as you think about moms and dads, they complement one another. Uniquely different. A mother should not try to be a father, nor should a father try to be a mother. Because God designed them to be different. And as we think about mothers, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Context is important as we think about Scripture. The overview of the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes and he talks about the power of the gospel in chapter 1, 2 through 10, how that the gospel had transformed the, belief, or the individuals in Thessalonica. Then in chapters 2, 1 through chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are basically defending their ministry, and their defensive ministry is relationships. The relationships that we have with you Thessalonians, who we are as individuals. In chapter 4, 13 through chapter 5 and verse 11, the issue of the coming of the Lord is discussed. And then there's some closing exhortations that are given. But it's in the context of relationships that Paul, Silas, and Timothy defend their ministry. And in chapter 2 and verse 1, You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, We speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up our greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because you've become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. For you know how we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Paul, Silas, and Timothy are defending their ministry. They were under attack. You know, Paul is not who he claims to be, and then Silas and Timothy also being involved. And in the context of strong opposition, in the context of error and impure motives, 
Trickery is mentioned, approved by God, not trying to please men. No flattery, no greed. Paul, Silas, and Timothy appeal to relationships. We are men worthy of the message we have proclaimed. We are faithful men because we have demonstrated it in our relationships. How did they demonstrate it? They say, we demonstrated it by caring for you as a mother cares for children and as a father deals with his children. They don't use mother only or father only. Mother and father and some of the characteristics of both in defending themselves against those who were saying they were not of God. And notice what he says in verse 6, the middle of the verse. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you like a mother caring for little children. The negative, we could have been a burden to you. We could have been a financial burden to you. We could have been a burden to you in some other ways. But what is the contrast? We were gentle like a mother, caring for her little children. And the idea is you have a mother caring for little children, nursing her children. And depends on what translation you have, you might find that one of them will say a mother caring for or nursing children. I have a question for you. I'm looking for response. How would you describe a nursing mother? I mean, what is she like as a person? How does she respond? A mother who nurses children. What are some characteristics? Gentle. Okay. Others. Loving. Tender. Kind. Kind. Took yours, Jacob, huh? <clears throat> she generally responds, maybe not always eagerly, when the baby cries, no matter what time of the night it is. When Danny came along, he had a crib right in our room, and he would cry. He was usually had to be fed every two hours, day and night. Ruthann would hear him cry, and I would sleep right through it. Never hear him cry. Well, how was last night? Well, I was up four times. Oh, you were. I didn't hear you. A mother, physical touch. Nursing mother, a lot of physical touch. A mother is able to calm down a fussy baby most of the time in a way that dad cannot. I've seen nursing mothers just cuddling their little baby and just enjoying it to the nth degree. You can see the look of satisfaction on their face. They just want to be with their child. There's a tremendous amount of satisfaction that a mother displays as she nurses the child. Paul seems to be talking about a mother caring for little children, kind Loving, gentle. 
we find that Paul, Silas, and Timothy used the word gentle. The word gentle is accepting all dealings from others, includes children as being useful and profitable. I'm making this statement in light of Ruth Ann and my own mother. Mothers get frustrated at their babies sometimes, you know, and they fussy and so on. But overall, they're gentle. It's part of motherhood to recognize that a child does not think about mom. A nursing child thinks about themselves. So a mother, amplification of gentle is she's not demanding of her rights. How many mothers do you see when they're nursing a child? Say, look, son, daughter, I got my rights. I'm entitled to eight hours of sleep without you bothering me. Sleep. No, they surrender that. Gentle responds for the benefit of the child. And again, there may be frustration at times, but overall, responds for the benefit of the child. A father's take many times is let the kid go. They'll cry themselves to sleep eventually. No, mom, what's best for the child? Gentle, not looking out for self. A nursing mother looking out for the well-being of her child. Not dealing with self, self, or dealing with selfless motives. What is best for my child? Not looking for credit or praise. So, you mothers, have you ever sat down with your child when they were younger and said, Look, son, look, daughter, I've been carrying you for a year now and you never said thank you. You just continue. Paul, Silas, and Timothy are defending their ministry. and They say we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle like a nursing mother. That impacts relationships. The writers go on. Where it says, we were gentle like a mother caring for little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Gentle like a mother who cares. And the idea of cares is to impart warmth, to cherish. Just recently, I was in the hospital and I past someone that I knew, and they were carrying a little baby. And I, I had to just kind of step back and say, man, this mother really is imparting warmth and cherishing her child. You know, I was the observer. And I thought, that's really great. Child, not even a year old. And mother just 
doting all over the child. Paul says, we cared for you. Timothy, Silas, we cared for you. We imparted warmth. We cherished you. We nursed and fostered you like a mother would her child. And then he says in verse 8, we loved you so much. Loved is to desire earnestly. Loved is to have a strong affection for. I was talking to a mother one day, and this is the mother of an adult son. And the adult son had gotten himself into all kinds of trouble, serious trouble with the law, which resulted in consequences and some major division in the family. And as I talked to mother and was listening to her, I thought, this mother, in spite of all that has happened, continues to desire her son and has a strong affection. And that began when that guy was little, when she nursed him and fostered him and cherished him, and he was dear to her, and she still had an affection for him. Paul says, Silas says, Timothy says, that's the way we responded to you. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you. Delighted means to think well of, to approve, to take pleasure in. We delighted. We approved. We were taking pleasure. We delighted to share with you not only the gospel, Christ, and all that he has done, but our lives as well. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were being accused of not being faithful ministers. And Paul, Silas, and Timothy say, look at our lives. We delight to share with you not only the gospel, but our life. Think about a mother. A mother shares her life with her child. Pouring herself into those small lives. And as children go, grow older, you will find that mothers continue to share their hurts and their joys. They want to share their life with their children. How many times has mom talked to me and said, Dan, what's happening in life? And then she'll turn around and tell me about her life. But she wants to know about my life too. But she shares her life. Paul says, we didn't just share the gospel, we share our lives with you. You have become dear to us. And the word for dear here has the root word of agape, of love. Surely you remember, brothers, in verse 9, our toil and hardship, we work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. What is a mother like? 
Paul says, I, along with Silas and Timothy, displayed that in our relationship with you. We were gentle. We loved you. We were delighted to share our life with you, not only the gospel. And you have become dear to us. As you observe mothers, they display qualities that a dad cannot display. Because mom was designed to display something that dad does not. Please understand, mother brings qualities that complements father. Be only mother, don't add father. A mother can be a mother, but stop with mother. You think about your own mother. She was a mother. God never designed her to be a mother and a dad. A mother is responsible only for her attitude and responses to her children. She's not responsible for their responses. How many times do mothers measure their success as a mother as whether or not their children are the way they want them to be? Paul says we responded as a mother, and he uses a nursing mother as the example. And the focus is on how a nursing mother responds overall in life. So back to my questions at the beginning. When is a mother free? As she seeks, and I say seeks because it's a process over time, seeks to live God's design, being gentle, delighted to share their life, loving, resting in Christ, rather than how children not should be a nod in there, resting in Christ, not how children respond or turn out. Admitting when she sins and seeking forgiveness. No mother arrives. A mother walks with God over a process in time. A mother, I think, is free and becomes more and more free as she measures not by her children and their responses, but by her own response and walk with God. And if you look at the mothers in Scripture, God holds up mothers that walk with God, but yet they had some major failings. And keep that in focus as you think about being a mother. When is a mother a mother? Give it a second. When is a mother a mother? What I just had on PowerPoint. Living God's design. Resting in Christ. Admitting when she sins. When is a mother successful? I think as she seeks to live God's design, resting in Christ, 
living as a human, knowing that she fails at times, but continues to love God. And not measuring her children, I'm sorry, not measuring her life by her children, but just by walking with God. Mothers are designed to be gentle, to delight in their children, to care for their children, their children to be dear to them. And he uses, again, a nursing mother as the example and holds her up. No mother is perfect. No mother has arrived and has all their eyes dotted correctly and T's crossed and so on. But an overall pattern of life, of seeking to live God's design, resting in Christ and admitting when they blow it and just continuing to love God. Abby, you want to come up front again, please? I would like you to take these four eggs, Abby, and stack them on this basketball and not hold them at all. But you can't break them. And these are not hard-boiled. Think you can do it? Okay, thank you. How many times are mothers trying to stack eggs in a basketball as far as their life? Being something that God did not design them to be. But if they're willing to put their eggs, if you please, in a carton, that's what God designed the carton to be. So my mom will tell me at 91, Dan, I've been a failure as a mother. I should have. And I say, Mom... Did you walk with God? And I say, did you? I'm talking when we kids were at home. You know, I attempted to, but I blew it at times. I'm not, we're not talking the blowing. Now we're talking about, did you seek to walk with God? Were you seeking to rest in Christ? Yeah. But we're not talking the but now. Mom, when you were wrong, did you try to seek forgiveness of your kids and your husband and so on? Yeah. You ever stop to consider that you were a pretty free mom and you're successful in spite of the warts and struggles that we kids still have? Please see God's perspective as it relates to mothers. He's not looking, demanding perfection. Nor are the kids going to always be angels. I don't care if they're two or 20 or 60. Measure by God's standard and live and respond in light of that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for mothers. And I know, Father, that from my interacting with my own mother, interacting with my wife, 
along with other mothers along the way. There's a tremendous temptation to measure by something other than your standard. There's a tremendous temptation to try to stack eggs in a basketball rather than being safe in an egg carton. Encourage mothers. And as mothers may seek to mother children now, and as mothers get older and dealing with adult children and grandchildren, may they again just seek to walk with you, to be faithful to you, and not measure by how their children respond or don't respond. But come back to who they are in Christ and just day by day seek to walk with you and to be faithful. Give them wisdom as they seek to interact with their children, whether younger children or grown children. Thank you again that mothers, wives, are displaying your image, Father, as designed back in Genesis 1 and 2. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Travis?